Welcome to the Burnout to Breakthrough podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Shoemake. Massive topic today, and that is sleep or lack thereof. When it comes to adrenal fatigue, sleep is one of the uh, main things that's going to help you get better, but uh, poor sleep is one of the main hallmarks of adrenal fatigue as well. So I'm going to give you my five key elements to great sleep and then one hack that I've used because if you've been listening to this podcast at all over the years, uh, you know that I went through a major sleep crisis when I started dealing with my adrenal fatigue and I was able to wait, to work my way out of it and now I sleep like a baby. I could also never understand how bad insomnia was until I went through it. So if you're dealing with this right now, if you're you know tired right now because you're not sleeping at night or you're waking up at 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, I definitely understand what you're going through that that was that was my thing is I would wake up at 2:30 or 3 o'clock in the morning scared to death that I wasn't going to be able to go back to sleep so I'm going to give you uh, a the reason why so we're going to work through what the chemistry is behind that but then also things you can do about it right away to start sleeping better so uh, just before we get going I always want to uh, just give you some more resources the burnout to breakthrough web or, or sorry burnout to breakthrough uh, Facebook page if you just get on Facebook and type uh, burnout to breakthrough. Uh, you can check out that page. You can like it. Uh, you can follow that page. And it has all of the updates on it. Like, for instance, I'm doing a webinar coming up. I'm recording this on June 29th. I uh, should release this probably today or tomorrow. And I'm doing a workshop on uh, July 6th at 6.30 Mountain Time on Zoom. And you're welcome to get on. And I have that link on the Burnout to Breakthrough Facebook page. So if you want to go check that out, just like the page, and then you'll get that update um, in your feed. And then I'm also, also want to tell you about the burnout to breakthrough website. It's burnout to breakthrough.net and it has all of the past episodes of the podcast on there. And then I always offer a, a free a PDF download. People just ask me like, Hey, where do I start? I know I'm dealing with this <clears throat> adrenal fatigue. I'm tired. I'm wired and tired. I have anxiety, uh, all the things that I describe in this. And I, I wrote a PDF called, uh, seven secrets to crushing it, uh, again. And that's, you can just, uh, if you put your email address and your first name in there at the burnout to breakthrough.net site, you'll get added to the email list. You'll also get the link to, uh, being able to download that seven secrets to crushing it without crashing. And then uh, I, I send an email about once a week on helpful tips that I've learned over the years, and I like to keep myself up on the science, so I like to keep you up on that as well. So uh, good resources for you there. Uh, those are totally free. Okay, let's get into the, the elements of sleeping and why you may not be sleeping. So first of all, if you've heard me talk about adrenal fatigue in the past, you realize it's not just cortisol, which is your the main hormone everybody talks about. Uh, when you have adrenal fatigue, your, your cortisol levels get affected. But what also gets affected is your neurotransmitters. And neurotransmitters are what controls your brain. Okay, the, Those are brain chemicals that regulate uh, distribution of like every thought process that you have, every con control signal sig uh, in your brain. And then that gets forwarded to different glands and organs and nerves. So, you know, they'll tell your stomach to create digestive juices or your liver to detoxify, detoxify the body, the adrenal glands to produce and secrete hormones. So these neurotransmitters are very important and especially when it comes to sleep. So the one that you're probably thinking of when it comes to sleep is serotonin. So serotonin helps to regulate your sleep cycle. It helps your body process pain. Uh, it plays a role in mood. Uh, that's people taking antidepressants. Those have to do with serotonin a lot of times. Those drugs are SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. It affects your, uh, your sex drive, appetite, everything. So when serotonin is affected, you're also going to have issues with sleep because of melatonin. Okay. So 
serotonin is a precursor to melatonin. Most of us know melatonin as the chemical that helps you sleep, the neurotransmitter that helps you sleep. You want lots of melatonin at night. So the cortisol and melatonin are basically opposite. You want high cortisol in the morning because that gives you energy and you want um, high melatonin at night. You want low cortisol at night. You don't want a lot of energy at night and you want high melatonin. What happens with a lot of adrenal fatigue and the reason I always say test, not guess, I'm just looking at a, at a um, lab test that I got back from a, a patient recently. Uh, we're going to do a consult coming up here soon. And she complained of being very tired in the afternoon, uh, didn't wake up with a lot of energy, kind of brain fog in the morning. And I looked at her cortisol levels and her cortisol levels are very low uh, in the morning and then really low around lunch and after lunch, which means she gets really tired. So we're going to have to um, help her fix that. And there's some supplements, some other things you can do to fix that really easily. Uh, but then we also found that she, she said she didn't sleep well, while her melatonin levels were very low at night. So she's tired during the day. And then when she should be sleeping, she's not tired because she wasn't getting the melatonin she was supposed to get. So I'm going to talk a bit, a bit about melatonin and how to regulate that through, uh, through the rest of the, the podcast today. So let's go ahead and get into why sleep is so important in the first place, though. Like, why, why do we care about sleep? One of the reasons is because that's how your brain gets rid of waste products. It's called the glymphatic system. So if you've heard of like uh, Alzheimer's disease, um, there's, there's tangles in the brain. So basically the neurons get tangled and you start to get these plaques. Okay. And these black, these plaques are made up of beta amyloid proteins and those are waste products. So when you sleep at night, that's the way your body is getting rid of these waste products. So what would be the outcome of poor sleep? Well, it drastically in increases your risk of Alzheimer's disease because you're not getting rid of these waste products. Plus it causes a lot of other metabolic problem uh, to the brain. So that's number one is it helps you get rid of the, the, the waste products or detox your brain. Um, number two is you get your, you're hungry more when you don't sleep. There's a 2005 study looked at as sleep decreased your hunger hormone, um, called ghrelin increases. So it also has a negative effect on leptin. Uh, so you're going to be more hungry when you're not sleeping. So you're eating more food, even though you're not necessarily feeling like you need it. You're just hungry because your brain isn't working right. Um, and when I talk about adrenals, you may have heard me talk about before the um, HPA axis, um, and that's part of the brain uh, and the pituitary gland that supports your adrenal glands. Well, there's a whole feedback loop there. And this is a study from uh, Sleep, the Sleep Journal, uh, 1997, October 20th. Uh, the quote just says, uh, even partial acute sleep loss delays the recovery of the HPA axis. Uh, negatively affecting the stress response with accelerated development of meta metabolic and cognitive consequences. Basically, your brain's not working when you have adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout. You have a lot of brain fog. You don't remember things. You're not as sharp as you used to be. And a lot of that has to do with lack of sleep. And then even loss of sleep is going gonna, is gonna to cause um, elevated cortisol levels at times when you don't want it. So a lot of reasons you need to sleep well. So what do we turn to as Americans? Uh, obviously, so many people... Uh, millions of people taking sleep aids like Ambien, even like Unisom, any of those over-the-counter sleep aids, those things are not good for you. I always tell people like when you're taking like Ambien or Lunesta or something, that's knocking you out. You're, you're not sleeping. You're basically just getting knocked out. Those are They, they don't provide this, the type of restful sleep that you need. Now, I understand why people take them. 
um, because they're desperate. Like I never understood that before until I started going through this adrenal fatigue um, and, and the sleep problems that came with it. So like no judgment, but at the same time, it's not fixing the problem. Like I always say with these prescription medications, it's like taking a piece of duct tape and putting it on your oil light in your car. You don't see the light anymore, but you're clearly not fixing the problem. Like for instance, Ambien does not correct your adrenal fatigue. It doesn't correct your melatonin levels um, long-term. It doesn't do any of those things. And they, the FDA actually just ordered black box warnings for the sleep aids like Ambien, Lunesta, Sonata, um, because they're causing all kinds of cognitive problems, including one of them is sleep driving. I'm seeing like people, they're reporting driving in their sleep while they're on Ambien and they don't remember it. Uh, I, I read a story of a lady. She went to, she got up in the middle of the night, went to the grocery store, bought a bunch of food, came home and cooked it, ate it, and then went to bed. And then she got up the next day and she went downstairs and she's like, who the heck wrecked my kitchen? And she found out by uh, looking at the receipts and her credit card and everything that it was her. She had actually gone and done this and not even realized it. I, I read another uh, uh, story of a, a, a neurologist and he's a teach at a teaching hospital and he's t- taking, you know, students on rounds for, you know, your, your loved ones, my loved ones. He's the guy taking care of them. And he's not even remembering going on rounds with these students because he's so hungover from the ambient. So this, if you're doing it right now, there's got to be better options. And that's what I want to take you through today. What are some better options for you? So um, a couple of things. So let's get through the, the, the five specifics of sleep. Okay. So five things you can do to start getting better sleep right away. The first one is exercise. Okay. First element of great sleep is exercise. So getting 150 minutes of exercise of moderate or vigorous exercise, um, per week. Okay. So 150 minutes, a little bit over two hours per week, um, paid off in a 65% improvement in the quality of sleep. Again, that's out of uh, the sleep journal, um, just 150 minutes of exercise per week. So what, what's that 20, you know, 30 minutes a day, four or five times a week, pretty easy. That can be a walk that can be, you know, going to the gym that can be riding your bike. That can be any of those things are drastically going to improve your sleep. Your body was designed to move. So if you're not sleeping, that's one thing I recommend is go for a walk, go for a run, go for a bike ride. Doing it in the evening is fine. I wouldn't do it right before you try to go to bed. That's not the best time, but anytime throughout the day that's been shown to increase uh, your chances of, of getting to sleep. Now, another one, the second one is, is another lifestyle choice and that has to do with food choices. Okay. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, you realize that what you eat, especially in the evening or what you drink is going to drastically affect your sleep. So things that you need to eliminate before bedtime and preferably most of the time, uh, the first is refined carbohydrates. If you're eating at night, if you're eating food, like if you're eating like, you know, big plate of pasta, you know, spaghetti and meatballs and garlic bread, those refined carbohydrates are going to turn to sugar very quickly in your body. You're going to get an insulin response that goes up. That's going to interfere with your sleep big time. You should not be eating a big, uh, you know, big meal of carbohydrates and then trying to go to sleep because your body knows, Hey, I need to burn this. St- I need to burn these carbohydrates off. So you don't want to have your body in, in full, you know, carbohydrate burning mode when you're trying to go to sleep, you want to make it easy on your digestive system, not hard. So a refined carbohydrates are like bread, pasta, sugar, those things. You want to eliminate those. That's why I always tell people, if you're going to eat carbohydrates, you typically want to do that in the morning and then you go more protein towards the evening. So, you know, like an, so great example of a, a good dinner. You could do a salad with like, you know, chicken breast on it, walnuts, you know, that type of thing. If you're going to make just like a plate, you could do like, uh, like you could grill out a chicken breast, um, or a piece of fish, 
some type of vegetable with that, like green beans. And if you wanted to do like a sweet potato for a starch, quinoa, maybe some brown rice, those are fine because you're not getting a lot of refined carbohydrates and your body's going to be able to go to sleep. Another one you want to eliminate is caffeine. Uh, especially after about four o'clock, you're going to have a lot of issues, uh, with, with going to sleep. If you're eating, if you're drinking caffeine, uh, and it's, it's also creates a big problem for your adrenal glands because it's, it's whipping the adrenal glands more than they need to be. So eliminating caffeine. So instead of coffee, you can do something like uh, herbal tea would be a good option there. Uh, sugar is another thing you want to eliminate that goes right back with refined carbohydrates and then alcohol. Now, alcohol, a lot of people think, well, if I have a drink, I'll be able to go to sleep easier. And it turns out alcohol will actually impair your ability to sleep. You don't sleep as well when you drink alcohol before you go to bed. So if you have like a glass of wine with dinner, a small glass of wine, that's fine. But if you do two or three of those, then you wake up in the middle of the night. It, it, you know, I've experienced this before. Well, I have like three glasses of wine. I do it right until I go to bed and I wake up at two o'clock. I'm hot. Like my liver's trying to detox. I don't feel good. I'm not sleeping well. And there's there's all kinds of studies that show you that, you know, alcohol alcohol before you go to bed is not good. Um, So just understand that when you're when you're making your choices, especially at night, you gotta be careful with what you're eating. Uh, Number three, the second elements of great sleep or third element of great sleep is light and dark. You want to make sure it is dark and cold. Okay, dark and cold when you go to sleep. And the reason for that is you have, remember, circadian rhythms. You need direct sunlight during the day, and then you need it to be dark at night. So I recommend getting out during the day, and it needs to be pitch black at night, okay, in your in your room. So you want, you want it to be as, as dark as possible. You want it to be as cave-like as possible because that's how your body was designed. You're meant to be in the sun all day and then go curl up in a cave somewhere. So that's what you want your room to feel like, dark and cold. Um, you know, the, 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 the temperature that works best for most people is between 68 and 72 degrees. Um, so you don't want it to be hot. You don't want it to be light. So dark and cold as much as you possibly can. Uh, number three, or, or sorry, fourth element of great sleep is going to be proper melatonin levels. Okay. So proper melatonin levels. When you wake up in the morning, your melatonin levels should be, sl- should be low and then they should start kicking up at about eight o'clock. So there's a, it looks like a big bell curve. If you see a melatonin test, you can actually get this tested. And what I recommend is you do saliva testing to where they'll test it uh, morning, noon, afternoon, and evening. And we'll see where your melatonin levels are throughout the day. And it tells us how well your, your brain's going to be able to sleep and turn off. So, at about eight o'clock at night, this melatonin levels start going up. They'll go up even higher at ten o'clock at night, and usually they peak somewhere around two o'clock in the in, at night. You know, one thirty, two o'clock, and so that should just keep you awake or keep you asleep all the way until whatever six o'clock when you wake up. A lot of people that their melatonin levels never peak, and so they're waking up at two o'clock at night. Like the melatonin would normally be keeping you asleep, but what it's doing is it's waking you up. So the reason it's waking up is because you don't have proper melatonin levels. How do you find that out? You test. Um, Because some people need to take, you know, like a milligram of melatonin before they go to bed at night or two milligrams. Some people need um, like sustained release all night melatonin. They'll need to take a couple milligrams of that depending on where their, their levels are 
over time. So if you're having a hard time falling asleep, typically you need melatonin before you go to bed. If you're having a hard time staying asleep, you might need that sustained release. Now, I always uh, recommend people test this because otherwise you're messing with your brain chemistry, which I don't recommend. I've seen some people also, they'll start, start taking 15, 20 milligrams of melatonin, which I absolutely don't recommend. Um, shouldn't take much and a little bit goes a long way, but that's that's one of the tests that a lot of times that I'll recommend. Um, even on the last episode, I mentioned the adrenal test. So when I do an adrenal test for people, I'll do like telemedicine, we'll, we'll have the 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 test kit shipped to your house. If you're a patient in the office, they'll do it in the office. And we do saliva testing and it'll look at your cortisol four times throughout the day, your uh, melatonin four times throughout the day, and your DHEA, which is a very important hormone. Um, when you look at those, I can tell people, okay, you need to do X amount of melatonin before you go to bed. You need to do the sustained release melatonin before you go to bed, and it makes a massive difference. So that, that, that testing is an easy one, but melatonin is important. And then the fifth element of great sleep uh, has to do with melatonin as well, and that's blue light. Okay, this is massive when it comes to our society right now. Um, blue light is the, the light that gets emitted from your devices, okay, from your television screen, from your phone screen, from your, uh, from your iPad or your Samsung tablet or whatever you're reading on or whatever you're looking at before you go to bed, you're looking at blue light, okay? Blue light directly affects your, your pituitary gland and affects melatonin levels. It decreases melatonin levels before you go to bed. It's been absolutely proven to do that. So a couple things you can do. Number one is blue light filter. Your phone or your tablet should have a blue light filter in the settings where it, where it will actually filter out the blue light. If you're going to be reading a book on there, you want to make sure it's filtering out the blue light. The other option is just read a book, good old-fashioned book made of paper with a lamp on next to you. Uh, that's not going to interfere because that what's coming out of that light is not uh, the lamp is not blue light. So that light is fine. You don't want to be watching TV right before you go to bed. Um, and for crying out loud, if, it's, if you're watching the news before you go to bed, get rid of that. There's nobody that needs to watch that before they go to bed, arguably, and especially with this whole COVID thing going on. I, I can't watch it anymore anyway. Um, just It's just out of control with what's happening with just the amount of fear and paranoia and um, misinformation and clickbait that's going on right now. It's become very clear to me that the media is not just here to inform us. Uh, in my opinion, the media is here to, you know, get eyeballs on and sell advertising. And it's, it's, it's just, it's never been more obvious than ever before. I still want to be informed. I just don't need that stuff on all the time. And the reason that, by the way, the reason that they, there's so much negative stuff on the news is because we are like something like nine times more likely to click on a headline that is negative rather than positive. So if, if something says uh, great weather tomorrow, you're not going to click on that. If it says massive storm coming tomorrow, you're going to click on that. Now, the reason I bring this up is right before you go to bed. You don't want that entering your consciousness right before you go to bed. You don't want to be worried. You don't want to be freaked out. You want to be relaxed. So that's what I recommend, like reading a book, read something that's fiction, something that's light. You don't want to be reading, you know, self-help or something that makes you think a lot or something that freaks you out. You want to be something, read something that's going to put you in a mindset to be able to go to sleep. So those are the, the five uh, elements of great sleep. Now the sleep hack that I give, and I've given uh, on a couple episodes before, is what's called binaural beats. Binaural beats. I actually on the uh, on the Facebook page, on the Burnout to Breakthrough Facebook page, 
I have uh, a whole article that I wrote on binaural beats. And this is a great way to train your brain to fall asleep. It actually changes your brain waves and gets them into the, uh, the alpha and delta waves that you need to be able to sleep. When you, when you look at, when you do a sleep study, you can tell which wavelength your brain is in, what type of, uh, the brain waves that'll study the, the, uh, the wavelength. And when you're in these, these, what's called beta waves, it's causes a lot of anxiety. Uh, your brain won't turn off. You'll lay down and you're thinking about a million different things. Uh, when you, once you get down into alpha and delta waves, that's restful sleep. Well, there's a way that you can hack that. One of them is breathing. So, you know, mindfulness and breathing exercises changes that. But another thing that changes is something called binaural beats. And you can download uh, binaural beats apps on your phone for free, maybe maybe a buck for no commercials. And you can, you know, you listen to it in either ear. So you it has a different beat that it plays in either ear. So it'll play like a sleep sound. And then it has underneath that it has these binaural beats that are going back and forth. If you hear it, it sounds kind of like a helicopter, but you hear it underneath the sleep sound. So you're not really even hearing it. And it will train your brain to go from these anxious beta waves down to these alpha and delta waves. So uh, that's also in the seven secrets to crushing it without crashing. Um, and you can get that at burnout to breakthrough.net. If you go to burnout to breakthrough.net, you just put your email address, your first name, you can download the PDF and it has all the information on, uh, on your uh, binaural beats on there. So, Hopefully that will help some of my insomniacs out there. If you know anybody else who's struggling with sleep right now, tell them about this podcast. And if you just make those simple changes, it's, it's absolutely massive. Um, if you do want more information on testing, a lot of people have been asking me, like, how do I get a cortisol test? How do I get a saliva test? And I'll do a whole podcast on functional medicine soon because this isn't a blood test that you go get from your doctor. Um, blood test you get from your doctor is not functional medicine. What it tells you is that you already have a disease. They don't tell you functional ranges. Like for instance, um, Vitamin D. If you go get a vitamin D test at your at your doctor, the blood test will come back and it might be 36. Well, they're going to tell you that the range, normal range, quote unquote normal range, is between 30 and 100. Normal is not optimal though. Like if you have a, a vitamin D level of 33, that's really low on a, from a functional medicine standpoint, which means you're not even close to optimal. You want somebody testing optimal. So it's not just getting a blood test, like for instance, like for saliva, um, cortisol tests, you need that four times throughout the day. And you know, you're not typically getting that at your doctor. So if, if you do want more information on that, you can always email me at burnout to breakthrough at gmail.com. You can message me on Facebook. Um, and I would do anything I possibly can to help you. So Until uh, we talk to you next time, start implementing some of those elements of sleep and catch some Z's tonight.